0: That's no secret by now. And um, one of my favorite lines um, in the declaration of, we are speaking on thy kingdom come. Let me get to that first. Uh, speaking on the kingdom. This is a week number four, thy kingdom come. And one of my favorite lines in the declaration of independence is whenever they say these words, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. When our country's founding fathers penned these words, they were writing from personal experience. It seemed the heart of the colonists worked to make their life and land great the more the king of England took. Everything they did needed the approval of England, and if they got that approval, the monarchy across the sea would find a way to take it. You see, what the colonists wanted more than anything was freedom and liberty, peace and happiness, and they became desperate enough to do whatever it took to get it. I spoke a few weeks ago on the kingdom, and a few weeks ago I talked about immigration today and what an explosive topic it is in our society today. Every, And I believe that every honest immigrant entering the United States longs for what our founding fathers wrote about, to experience life and liberty, to be able to pursue peace, pursue the American dream. I don't know if you know this. I did some research on this. Uh, you've heard the term the green card, right? Some of you uh, have heard the term green card. Um, all immigrants currently in our country are obligated to carry what is called a green card. All right? What is that? A green card is a document declaring that they have been granted temporary legal status in the United States. The card is usually good for 10 years. And during that time, that individual must carry this card if they want to work here in the United States. But they also must apply for naturalization. That is the process of becoming a legal U.S. citizen. A process that requires they go to classes and they take a test. They have to pass a test on the history of the United States and on the government. And the law also says that they must be a person of good moral Character. Some of you might be asking, Brock, what on earth does this have to do with the kingdom? Well, all of us born in the United States are automatically legal citizens. We are born here free with the ability to choose, the ability to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. And what a privilege that we have, right? What an honor and a privilege, and I, for one, say I probably have taken it for granted every day I wake up free in this country. We thank all those who have served in our military now and in the years past that have given us that freedom. But church, this is not the case, spiritually speaking. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, spiritually Speaking, church, we are all slaves as soon as we are born. Do you realize that? Spiritually speaking, we are all born slaves with no freedom. The minute we are conceived, the minute we take our first breath, we are immigrants. We are aliens. We are foreigners to God. I don't know if you've ever thought of it like that. May I remind you of what Ephesians 2 says things like this. Remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, were without Christ, being alien from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, you who once were far off. We covered this just a few weeks ago, but I want to dive into it just a bit more. It's where I found my heart, where I found my mind going. We asked the question a couple weeks ago, how does one become a citizen within the kingdom of God? Is there a green card that people acquire? Are there certain age limits that this applies to? Are there certain classes that one must attend? They have to pass the class in in order to uh, come into the kingdom? If you pass, you're in. What is the conditions of becoming a citizen within the kingdom of God? I was recently reading in Isaiah 66, and it really dawned on me this message. The answer to how we get into the kingdom dawned on me. Uh, Isaiah 66, 1 and 2, the first part of 2 says this. God said, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made and all those things exist, says the Lord. You see, mankind has wanted to build some kind of a structure, a beautiful building, in order to give God a home here on earth, a place where God can reside, a place where God can dwell. But God just told us that these things He created, He created heaven. All of heaven is His throne, and He uses the earth as His ottoman. (laughs) Right? Right? That's basically is what he just said. All of heaven is his throne and the earth is his ottoman. It's his footstool. He said, look, I made all that there is. There is no place on earth. There is no man-made structure which you can make that I can dwell in, where I can live in. So the question is, where on earth are we going to provide a place for where God can live and reside? And what God said in the second half of verse 2 is the answer to how we get into the kingdom. This is what he said. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor, and of a contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. Let that sink in. Mankind is trying to create buildings and facades. Facades. And I think it's important that we have a place where we can come and corporately worship. But aren't you glad that if this building no longer existed, the church would still exist? Somebody say amen to that. Praise the Lord. The only place that God wants to be, the only place capable of housing God is in the human heart that is humble, that is broken. That is contrite. That's your green card right there. That's the green card for you and I to come into the kingdom of God. You want to have a place to where God can dwell, your heart needs to be humbled, it needs to be broken, it needs to be contrite. That gives everyone the green card and legal citizenship within the kingdom of God. Folks, when one humbles themselves comes before God with a broken and contrite spirit, they put themselves in a position of not only coming into the kingdom, they make a place for God to actually dwell. Going back to our passage in Ephesians, look what it says here. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one, And has broken down the middle wall of separation. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, and here it is, in whom you also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. You allow your heart to be humble and broken and contrite before God, and you just made a dwelling place for where the God of gods and the King of kings and the Lord of lords can dwell. Praise the Lord. And I believe that deep within the heart of mankind is the desire, which is why I thought of the Declaration of Independence. Deep within the heart of every person in here today and outside these walls is the desire to not only live free, but to experience a peace. That passes all understanding. To experience the contentment that this world knows not of. You see, many non-citizens, and perhaps maybe some today, many non-citizens today are looking for a purpose, they're looking for a peace, they're looking for meaning in their job. They're looking for all of those things in acquiring money. They're even looking for peace and purpose in their spouse and in their marriage. They're looking for all those things in their relationship with their kids and their children. Recreational hobbies. Many are spending boatloads of time on the internet and social media. Entertainment looking for contentment. Many, perhaps some of you, have been broken by life's cruelties. Many times one's quest for looking for those things, life, liberty, and peace, and contentment, many times the pursuit of that takes people to very dark places as they get wound up in alcohol and drugs, pornography, gambling, inappropriate relationships. and Deep down, There remains a hunger and a thirst for that which is real. Don't you want something that is real? Yes, I do. That thirst never goes away. That hunger never goes away. And they just go from thing to thing, from gratification to gratification, trying to search for that one thing that will satisfy. And people are selling all that they have in order to find it. It's going to be on the screen, but I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13. How do you get to the kingdom? What is this like? What's the process? What's the experience of coming into the kingdom like? Matthew 13, and I find it very interesting that Jesus, these are red letters, uh, his words, Jesus is telling us what the kingdom of God is like. He is telling us what the kingdom of heaven is like. Go to verse 44, Matthew 13, verse 44. And he said this, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. What is this saying to us? What does this verse really mean, church? Back at the time that Jesus lived, the laws of land and the laws of property stated that regardless of who owned the property previously, everything that was buried on the land belonged to the person who had purchased that land. So here we see the kingdom likened to a man who found a great treasure in some field. We don't know what the treasure was, but it obviously was incredible. This man knew the laws of the land and property of that day, so he buried the treasure in that land, probably hoping that no one is seen him in this field, digging like crazy, trying to find a place to, to bury this treasure, hoping no one would see him. We're told this man was so excited he sold everything he had just to buy that land and gain the possession of the treasure that he had buried. Jesus compares the kingdom to this. He compares becoming a citizen in the kingdom to the treasure that this man has found. You see, when one realizes what they can have in Jesus Christ, they have found the treasure. And they are willing to sell everything that they have in order to gain the treasure. Jesus continues this thought as we read on in verse 45. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. You see, folks, when one realizes everything they can have in Jesus, freedom from sin, a peace that passes all understand, understanding, contentment in life, and life more abundant, they'll give everything they have. Just to have it. My brother has, a, uh, has three children. He lives down in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, i 'm not sure if you 've been watching the news lately, but that part of the uh, the, the freeway i eighty five that collapsed he 's right in the thick of all of that, and he said it 's just going to be an absolute mess, but they live down there in Atlanta, Georgia, and his youngest son named Jacob has been running from the Lord for years and years and i 'm so blessed from the heritage that i that I come from and Um, But Jacob said for the longest time, he said, before I just give my all to Jesus, I want him to reveal himself to me. Until he reveals himself to me, I'm, I'm not going to have any of it. And I made the comment to our family, he's a marked man. Because we won't stop praying for him. But in the meantime, Jacob just went back to his life and he just did what he wanted to do. He went from gratification to gratification, trying to get his joy and his pleasure however he could. About eight months ago, Jacob tells a story that he was riding with his friends somewhere in the Atlanta area. And he said something happened to him on that, I think it was a truck. They were riding in a truck, that truck ride. And to this day, we don't know what that something was. My brother Brent doesn't even know what that was. But Jacob said something happened that so shook him that he walked away knowing God had just revealed himself to him. And it was at that moment that Jacob turned his life over to Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, he's a different person. <laughs> he's a new man. I may have said this before, but my dad's dad, dad, semi-professional baseball player, loved to hang out with the gangs and the bars and smoke and drink with the guys. And, but he said whenever he found Jesus Christ. When he came into the kingdom, he said when he took that first step towards the altar, he said a wild team of horses couldn't have held him back. And he said, you know, the next day, the sky was bluer. The grass was just a little bit greener. And the birds sang just a little sweeter. Jacob's a new man. Folks, all he wants to do is talk about Jesus. <laughs> all he wants to do is go to his mom and dad's down in Atlanta, Georgia, and he wants to go, and he'll just burst in on him, on them, and he'll say, Mom and Dad, can we study the Bible together? And when they're done, he'll say, Dad, Mom, can I pray with you? I was at Mom and Dad's uh, Friday and Saturday, just a, a brief visit, and I was visiting with, with Mom and Dad, and Jacob called First time I'd really talked to Jacob, uh, well, not about this experience, but um, I'd been around him but never had a chance to just sit down and find out what happened. But mom and dad put him on the speakerphone, and he just began to talk about he was at a coffee shop, and he was just so overcome by the presence of God. And he said, Uncle Brock, can I pray with you? At the time of this incident about eight months ago, Jacob was in a serious relationship with a girl. But whenever he got right with the Lord, he continued to date her, but he just noticed some red flags. He noticed some warning signs. Now, this is where we get down to living right here. He noticed some things that just were not right, that she just did not seem to be as excited as he was about his experience. She, you know, she didn't want, she wanted him to have God, but not too much God. Don't don't get too carried away with this experience with Jesus. And so Jacob cut off the relationship. You see, Jacob is that man who found a treasure and he buried it in the field. And he sold all that he had, he's given all that he had just to get that treasure that's worth more than anything, just to have access to, and to gain the pearl of great price, which is Jesus Christ. That's what it is to enter the kingdom of God, folks. My dad told me a story. I don't know if it's an illustration or a true story or what, but it still makes the point. There was this man who was, who was not right with the Lord, but he was still going to church. And it was during the fall time. There was some kind of a fall festival or what, whatever it was. And he was, he was there at this fall festival with the pastor. And they had this big vat of water and apples. And they were bobbing for apples. And they were doing that thing that you do around that time of year. And so the man put his head down to bob for apples. And he didn't get it. And the pastor's there. And they're laughing. And then the, one, the pastor said, do it one more time. And he put his head down the water. And he said the pastor took his hand and he held his head out of the water. And he wouldn't let him up. The man starts to thrash and to, to start get, getting violent because he needs that air. And finally, the pastor brings him up out of the water and he's just gasping and, and trying to get all the air that he can. And, and he said, Pastor, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to kill me? And the pastor said, when you want Jesus as bad as you want air, You'll have him. I want him. I want him. I want to be in the kingdom. You see, when you realize what Jesus offers, you'll give all that you have just to have him. This is what it means to come into the kingdom. Let me remind you that the kingdom is not, Romans 14 tells us this, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, and it's peace, and it's joy in the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that before Christ We are all poor, we are sinful, we are wretched, we are empty, we are sick of heart. We lack true peace and joy and contentment. Maybe there's someone here this morning, like Jacob, you've grown up in church, but you've been running from God. And I just described you. You've lacked real peace and joy and commitment. And if you're here today and you're running from the Lord, let me tell you that you are a foreigner in the house of God. You're still an immigrant. And you will never have true peace and contentment until you place Jesus on the throne of your heart. Never have it. You'll never have all... We as American citizens have rights and privileges Those who are children of God have rights and privileges because they're in the kingdom of God. But you will never have those rights and privileges unless you allow him to be Lord of your life. But if you will humble yourself, as Isaiah told us, if you will humble yourself and accept Jesus, if you will get right with Jesus and become a citizen within this kingdom, you'll have righteousness and you'll have peace and you'll have joy. Mm -mm -mm. Praise team, come on up, please. Praise team, come on up. What do we do whenever something really exciting happens to us? What do we do when something really exciting happens to us? We want to tell someone, don't we? Yeah. We want to tell someone. We just can't keep it in. Do you realize that the message that we've been preaching and the message that I preach today in entering the kingdom of God, that message is all throughout our hymn book? It's all throughout it. I'm not sure if you've ever thought about it before, but when we sing, we're, many times we're singing about the kingdom of God. For when it says things like this, there is peace and joy in the Lord today. More than all in this world of sin, there is a happy life in the holy way. Praise the Lord, I have entered in. Praise the Lord, I am free in his love and grace. Oh, his love reaches me, I'll abide neath his smiling face. The kingdom is referred to when the songwriter also said, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hands than to be a king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. Another inspired pen wrote, Hallelujah, I have found him whom my soul so long has craved. Jesus satisfies my longing, and through his blood I now am saved. And because of this, we can sing peace, peace, wonderful peace, that comes down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows. Of love. Maybe there's someone here this morning, you need that peace. Forty some years ago, a man talked about the day that his lofty hopes and dreams had turned to ashes and they all crumbled. So he wrapped all of who he was and the rags of his life and he brought them to the foot of the cross where God made. Something beautiful. Sing it with me. Something good. All my confusion. He understood. He understood. All I had to offer Him was brokenness and strife, but He made something beautiful of my life. And because He did that, We can all sing, my chains are gone, I've been set free, we're in the kingdom, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love. Amazing grace. This is what it is to be in the kingdom of God. To have a heart that overflows. To where you are prepared to give all that you have. To sell everything that you own. Just to have Jesus. Next week, I believe we're going to talk what does it mean in this life now that we've accepted Christ. What did, Now we're kingdom citizens. Now that means we have a responsibility to live within the kingdom we're going to talk about. But is there someone here this morning? We're just going to sing a couple choruses. Lord, I give you my heart. This is my desire to honor you. Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. All I have within me, I give you praise. All that I adore, give to you. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you and you alone. Maybe there's someone here. You don't have that peace. As I was describing Jacob, you, you desperately wanted to say, that, I want that to be me, but you know you, you can't say that. Maybe there's something nagging at you. We're going to sing and we're going to play and the altars are open. Be obedient to the Lord. But I'm so glad that we can enter the kingdom of God this morning. Would you stand with me and let's pray? Father God. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the kingdom. Thank you that you liken the kingdom. To that treasure, that one buried in the field. Lord, if there's someone here this morning that doesn't have that treasure, that is not yet in the kingdom, if there's someone here that is holding back on you, Lord, Lord, today can be their day. Lord, speak to all of us this morning. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you know it,